Welcome to AngelWing Podcasts. This is Sachin Karnik from the Quantum Transformation Program that is a part of the AngelWing LLC. I want to welcome you to um, today's continuing exploration on the nature of consciousness or what is meant by consciousness. Uh, this question is a very, very fundamental and relevant question. The examination of this question has great relevance simply because we are alive. Um, our sense of being alive is real, it is experiential, and it is direct. Hence, before we talked about the word qualia, Q-U-A-L-I-A, this is a technical term used in philosophy of mind, referring to one's direct experience. Now, one of the biggest questions in the studies of consciousness is where does this direct experience come from? What is the source? Now, when we ask this question, the ability to ask the question itself is higher brain function. I think we can see that that's probably the case. But on top of that, we have our own probing ability, our own curiosity, our desire to know, which is much greater than other animals. Animals also have certain level of creativity, certain level of desire to learn. They're trainable, they are teachable, they are conditioned. We may also be just that in a much greater level. Nonetheless, we have this ability to keep moving further by probing further and further. So the philosophical enterprise, the, the uh, work of philosophy, so to speak, is to utilize the intellect and its abilities, such as reasoning ability, to probe further into questions and to ask questions, to be curious. There's curiosity within the intellect. So the intellect has many different qualities, things like curiosity, wonder, uh, the questioning ability, determining cause and effect. So the intellectual power is the one thing that we have that separates us from all other creatures. Of course, there are different gradations and evolutions of this power within the human society. Also, the intellect is something that is developed based on the learning process. So there's quite a bit to be said about cognition, the intellectual ability, and that whole series of recordings on the intellect we will make at another time. But just to briefly point this out, that the intellect is used in philosophy to probe into questions. We have the ability to question. So we're asking the question, what is consciousness? Again, the word consciousness is a word that has been developed over time, over hundreds of years. Uh, and the development of the word and the concept that is developed is also an intellectual phenomena. So the concept that is developed over so many years, hundreds of years by different philosophers and thinkers, 
and their perspectives on it. All of that is a cumulative intellectual phenomena. So whatever Plato may have said has been used by so many other people later on. Hundreds and hundreds of people have used Plato's ideas and have refined them and added to them and disagreed with them and agreed with them and modified them and done so many different things. But somebody had to be there to begin with. And people were, people were there before Plato. So the transmission of knowledge from generation to generation is necessary for growth. And then from that transmission, the ability to reflect independently in a research-oriented mindset allows for further development and growth. That is exactly how all of the scientific disciplines have developed. All of them. Medical science, psychological sciences, engineering, architecture, everything is developed this way. And hence we are in the present of this current world. So, part of the angel wing mission is for human upliftment. Human upliftment can only happen, from my perspective at least, is that we must see how we got to where we are. Unless we know how we got to current state of living as humanity, we will not be able to f progress further when whatever that might mean even, what is even meant by further progress? That's another massive question. So, the upliftment of humanity in the context of our discussion here today is about consciousness. That consciousness can be understood intellectually through probing and philosophical uh, reasoning. But then there's even more than that. There is meditative reflection on the nature of direct experience of the senses and the experience of the mind. That is reflection on the senses, reflection on the experience available through the senses and reflection on the uh, function of the mind, reflection on the content of the mind. The word reflection is referring to our ability to think about, to think over, to probe, to, to question, to be fascinated with, all of that which requires study. Without proper, systematic, good quality study of what has come before on the question of consciousness, we would not even be able to have any meaningful reflection. So, this is a difficult study. If one is actually going to go through philosophical works, they are very difficult to understand. They are tricky. They are written with a lot of abstraction at times, many times with not many examples. So part of my mission uh, as part of the Angel Wing QTP program, and then eventually we'll be linking the Energy Personal Excellence program uh, within through the QTP. Uh, part of my mission is to bring about or to introduce to the general public the glory of philosophical reflection. Philosophical rec reflection, probing, and discussion can have immense benefits for the mind and the brain. This is my hypothesis. And it may have tremendous benefits for the body also. It's another, another hypothesis. Now, 
if we are probing into higher questions, our mind is going to evolve further. So there is a further internal evolution that occurs by philosophical contemplation and reflection. That further evolution pulls us out of the minutia of life, pulls us out of the pettiness of life, and takes us to a much broader and glorious vision of life and ourselves. Now, isn't that beautiful? How beautiful would that be? Well, let's make it happen. If you are serious about this, and you want to evolve further, and I want to evolve further, and Dr. Chaitanya Kripala, she wants to evolve further. We are all trying to evolve further. But the further evolution doesn't happen in isolation. It cannot occur in isolation. It can only happen in the context of what has occurred in the past, by understanding that, seeing where we are together, and together as humanity, even in small groups or whichever way we do it, together we can progress. We cannot progress in isolation. So the whole notion of human upliftment is not just an idea that's a good idea, well, it sounds very nice and, you know, that sounds good and we can talk about it and people like it. But we are trying to accomplish something much more than that. We are trying to encourage humanity to uplift itself one person at a time. Because one, each individual is what makes up the society, the human civilization. The transformation of each individual from inside out transforms the society. So, the question of consciousness is at the very root of this transformation. It is at the very foundation of this of, of transformation. And to probe intellectually, philosophically is our attempt. Of course, meditation, dialogues, other exercises, other programs offered by Angel Wing are all aiming towards personal transformation and self-mastery. So, let us begin our probe into the question of consciousness further. We have been talking about it with last several podcasts. We're continuing here today. The first thing to really see and to recognize is that we are alive. And perhaps that says it all. The fact that we are alive is so mysterious that where did we come from? Who am I? What am I? What is the purpose of my life? Is there God? Is there, is there a source to the creation that we call the Creator? Or is God just an imaginary thing that has been developed mentally, psychologically uh, as a uh, as a as a as a fake idea, as something false developed by the mind that it worships, is that the case? We want to examine this, all of this, not to mention, of course, the fact that we are living in fear as humanity. We are living in conflict. We are living in racial divisions, economic divisions. Endless number of conflicts have existed and continue to exist today. This is in our purview. We can see all of this happening. And then, of course, our relationship with nature. So all of these questions 
are all related to the one question of what is consciousness and that question itself is the same question as who am I? What is the me that is different from you? Or is it the same as you or related to you? What is the sense of me? Who am I? I am alive. So if we begin our intellectual probe, the first thing that comes about is that there is a sense of being alive. Now, of course, this is um, within the sense of being alive, there is the experience of being awake versus sleeping at night time, which is dreaming, and then the deep sleep state, but there's still a sense of being alive. The experiences change. Sometimes we feel very elated, sometimes we feel depressed, sometimes we feel different emotions. Still we're alive. Sometimes we feel drained of energy, sometimes we feel high energy. We're still alive. So, is the life force, this word force is referring to energy, is the life force just energy taking a highly organized form? And again, if that's the case, when we use the word energy, what are we referring to? In the Sanskrit language, that is called Shakti, S-H-A-K-T-I. In other languages, they'll have other, other words for it. What exactly is meant by energy? We can probe further. That's another whole series of podcasts we will create later. But right now we're looking at consciousness, the sense of being alive. We can see that the sense of being alive is very much possible because of the health and good function of the body. Now, someone could be alive with terrible function, of course, but they're still alive. But the quality of experience is different. If someone has a broken bone, the quality of the experience is different than someone who has a healthy bone. But they're both alive. So what is this life, actually? Well, this is a question that is a matter of intellectual probing, genetic and biological probing and study. It is also a question for meditation and dialogue. It is also a religious question. And it is a mythological question. So, there are multiple academic disciplines uh, that exist today that have attempted to try to answer this question. But the answer, even intellectual answers, if they are simply conclusions, for example, the theory of physicalism, that there's just physical process. That's it. Material, empirical process. Nothing else is there. No mind, no soul, no God. This is just only matter that's organized itself in different ways. That's all it is. That's the theory of physicalism. And sometimes it's called hard determinism. There's some other variations of it. Uh, materialism, etc. Th- these are philosophical terms, by the way. So if, if we examine it that way, if that's the case, then that is simply a viewpoint generated by the human mind based on what is known through the senses. For example, the scientific developments in every area, they occur through what is available through the senses. But what is, what is subtler than the senses is the mind. And mind is something, this is now something that is a purview of psychology, professionally. Psychology, sociology, and then the combinations, you know, biopsychology, biosociology, all that. So, 
we use the word mind, we have an experience of mind. We have a, a function of thought. But it is very subtle, very fast. And it is not something that we really have that much understanding about. You know, we kind of use it loosely. Yeah, I'm not able to think today. I'm tired today. This, we, use, we use loose language. But we don't really sit down and quietly probe into the nature of the mind, the structure of the mind, the function of the mind, the dimensions of the mind, the depth of the mind. That direct probing is what we are attempting to accomplish in angel wing. People have, like in my case, I had you know some very intense gambling addiction issues and some other problems happened later on. But when I look at that objectively without bias, if I can see it without getting caught up in it, then that is a state of choiceless awareness. Choiceless awareness is not an attempt to convince oneself or somebody else. It is just to be directly aware of what occurred and what has happened, what is there. It is the isness of the quant quality of the mind. It is the isness of the mind. And when the mind, and then of course all of the connectors related to that, the people that it is connected with, nature that it is connected with, uh, the universe in the broader sense that it is connected with. So the nature of the mind can be meditatively and carefully perceived, but from, but, but, but from a philosophical point of view, the philosophical analysis is trying to use the mind, the intellectual power, to come to truth of consciousness, that what is the nature of consciousness to try to come to that resolution or that, that answer using the intellect. But can it actually do so? We don't really know. We can try. As so many have, we should try. Why not? It's good to try. Nonetheless, what the intellect is trying to grasp could be something that is transcendent to it. Could be. I'm just keeping it open. If I say, well, you know, there is a soul that is transcendent to the intellect, if I make that statement, I'm closing the question. Now I've come to a conclusion, and then my mind is just basically accepted the conclusion, but then what? Have I discovered the soul? Or am I just believing in there's a soul? I may believe there's a soul, but at least from Sachin's point of view here, there's a massive difference between believing that there is a soul or believing there is God versus, versus being in contact with it, being in it actually, realizing it, touching it, being in it. Uh, that's a massive difference, a massive uh, uh, difference. Otherwise, most people are just in faith. They believe in God or they believe in soul or they believe in pantheism or they believe in, in non-dualism. All kinds of beliefs are there. Believe in monotheism, believe in Jesus, believe in Krishna, believe in Allah, believe in this. It's hundreds of beliefs without any end. But what is belief? Is belief itself a mentally constructed phenomena? From my point of view, yes, that would be the case. But if you disagree with that, I would love to hear from you. I want to know why you disagree with that. And if you disagree with it, I'm very happy because, because that's how we can grow. So, my perspective, and I'm encouraging 
all of you to have your own perspective, as is Dr. Chetna Kripalu in the Angel Wing program. That my perspective is that belief is developed through conditioning, through societal exposure, through tradition, and that may have tremendous value. Nonetheless, belief versus directly touching that which we are believing in is a different matter. They're very different. You know, I may believe that there is a soul, or I may believe that within me there is consciousness or life force or God or whatever. Or I may believe that the one reality expresses as the many. That's a belief. Or I may believe that God is beyond the world and created the world. Or I may believe there's only the material world. These are all beliefs. Some may believe that there is only this one life we have, whatever we have, we have. Once the brain is gone, once the brain is dead, the game is over, there's nothing more. So eat, drink and be merry and just live the life that you live it, just live it up, that's it. There's nothing, nothing beyond it. This God and soul and spirituality, this is all just, just intellectual and, and belief-oriented nonsense. Somebody might say that. That's also a belief. Or that's also a conclusion. So, to come to a conclusion is what we have done as humanity. We have come to all these conclusions. But these conclusions, if one is just in those conclusions, the possibility of growing beyond them may be closed off. Maybe. I'm using the word maybe carefully. Not necessarily. Conclusions are also needed in life because we need some basis on on which to progress. Otherwise, how will we progress? But conclusions by themselves, if they lead to the closing of the probing further, from my perspective, that is a very serious psychological limitation. Then that breeds conflict. That breeds dislike for others. That breeds a great sense that I'm right and you're wrong. That my beliefs are right and yours are wrong. We see that in throughout the world, in every area. We see this I versus you. Not that there is something wrong, in my opinion at least, with, with different beliefs. There is a problem in humanity with human conflict. And that is, from my perspective, I have a massive problem with human conflict. I think that we are we are at that stage of development in life where we can actually go beyond human conflict if we can recognize that despite different opinions, perspectives and beliefs we can have fundamental respect for each other despite vehemently disagreeing and from that fundamental respect humanity is uplifted otherwise humanity see what is going on we don't have to even elaborate on it. We already know what's going on in this human condition. Polluting the oceans, destroying nature, destroying ourselves, destroying the body, making it unhealthy. So many wars, so many conflicts, so many, so many uh, turmoils. Who is responsible to change all of this? We have to be responsible ourselves. We have to transform ourselves and Transform ourselves in what way? 
transform our mind out of conflict and into respect, into appreciation for diversity, rather than getting into conflicts due to the diversity. If we can evolve to that stage, this is my perspective, and I think Dr. Chetna, if she may agree, I mean, certainly I'm not sure, but I think she would. I would love to hear from her also and see what, what her perspective is on this. That if we are really going to evolve, can we recognize and appreciate differences without hurting each other? And this is not an easy question to answer because there are going to be circumstances when there's vehement disagreement that disagreement should not lead to harming each other. So what do you say about this? And then, and then that is the question of consciousness. If we are alive and all human beings are alive, can we not simply see that we are together as one family? That we are all in it together? Why is that so hard to see? How many degrees does somebody need to see this fact? But we... But what we do see, unfortunately, is so much divisiveness, hatred, dislike, to the point of massive wars, to the point of so much destruction. Is there a better way? So I leave you with that question in today's podcast, and we will continue the probe into consciousness, because that's the bigger question. Everything said here today is just from my perspective. Sachin Karnik is part of the QTP. Dr. Chetna Krupalu has encouraged each individual, each volunteer, as well as uh, the public at large to have their own perspectives and share them with the Angel Wing program. Uh, for more information about the Angel Wing, please go to theangelwing.com and please stay in touch with us. Thank you very much.